Welcome to the Beamsville Church of Christ online ministry. This week's message is titled, The Blood of the Lamb. The scripture reading is 1 John 1, 5-7. Thank you to Jeff, Barb, and Don for being part of the video. Good morning, everybody. I'm glad to see you here on a very November-y, January day. Pleased to to have you here. Uh, the students are not with us, as you may notice this morning. It is their inter-semester break, and so we, uh, we wish them well as they rest and, and recharge and get ready for their next semester, starting very soon, tomorrow, in fact. Um, we also want to, uh, to be mindful of the, uh, the teachers who are, who are also kind of resetting, and uh, some, like, uh, some in our, our midst who are back at it after some time away, so wish, uh, we wish and pray Ed all the best as he, as he takes on, uh, on a different challenge starting this week. We would like to wish Pam a happy birthday this week. Happy birthday, Pam. We have uh, a few prayer requests that are, that are ongoing. Uh, Mike is with us this morning, and he has uh, got surgery rescheduled again, so we are, we are praying for for him, and we are uh, praying for those who are caring for him as well, that they will, uh, they will be able to do their best and, and for him to have the, the best possible outcome uh, from that. We're also, again, happy to see Pam uh, today, and, and we're continuing to pray for her as well as she is recovering from surgery. We're also aware of uh, Len, who is uh, still waiting, as far as I know, treatment, uh, he is going to be, I believe, going for pretty ser- serious surgery. Will be, will be how some of that treatment goes. Uh, so we are, we are praying for him and for Debbie as well, as as they're looking at that. Um, and uh, and then finally, of of our new requests this morning, uh, Lindsay, who was a member here for for some years and is uh, is daughter to John and Glynis. Her so she was married last year. And her husband, Daniel, has inoperable brain cancer. And uh, his tumors are growing again. And so they have, uh, they have a, a limited time uh, remaining to them. And so we, uh, we pray for, for comfort for them and, and for, for a miracle in, in Daniel. So let's, let's go to God together at this time. I'd like to ask you to stand as we, as we pray. Lord, thank you for this time we have to spend together, to come into your presence, to meet together, to encourage one another, to hear a message from your word or messages from your word, to lift our voices in praise to you. Thank you for the ability we have to do this, Thank you for your son, who is the conduit through which we can come to you, and for his great gift of his life. God, our our hearts are are troubled, as we know of many who are suffering right now, who are facing down surgeries or or, uh, very bad diagnoses. God, we ask for your comfort for them. We ask for wisdom for their caregivers, both in terms of uh, medical caregivers and, and those who are supporting them at home and, and in their community. It is a time 
to rely on you. And we just pray that the, those we have mentioned will feel your, feel your presence with them, that we can find ways to reach out and to sit with them and to be part of their support system. And we know that ultimately, God, you are the physician, you are the healer, and you are the one who brings us home. God, we ask for open minds today to what you have in mind for us to, uh, to give us boldness in declaring your word, to give us overflowing hearts with your love and active hands, feet, and voices that you would have us be in this world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Starting to get good at that. One-handed. I got it off. Blood is an important symbol in the Bible. It's used to speak about atonement for sin, the taking away of our guilt. It's used to talk about consecration. In the Old Testament, things were dipped and sprinkled with blood to dedicate them to God and his holy purposes. And as we've just been singing and as Donnie is planning to speak about today, blood is talked about as being cleansing. It's the purification for our sins. My mom used to sort all the laundry, and she lived in a day when the whites got bleach. In a family of seven kids, there was a mountain, and cloth diapers in those days, there were a lot of whites. I, I never broke a bone as a kid, but I think I had more stitches than Jacques Plante. Um, now, I don't know about you, but blood was always hard to clean up. Plante's solution was the hockey mask, but my mom's was a little more pragmatic. Soak it in cold water for a day, then bleach it out, or there was that magic new stuff when I was a kid called bleach for unbleachables, and you could mostly not notice the blood stains. Have you ever wondered about that? How can blood be cleansing? Were we supposed to soak in that cold baptistry for a day? There are many ways in which blood cleanses and purifies, but today I want to focus on just one aspect of blood. Blood is the stuff of life. Without blood, anything in the animal kingdom immediately dies. So if Jesus is spoken of as providing cleansing blood, I think we need to think about what that means we were. We were dead. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. And Paul being Paul, he says a lot more than that. But he says, I encourage you to go home and read it. He says, you were dead, but. We were dead, but God in his mercy made us alive with Christ, Paul says. Our blood was tainted, 
But Jesus' blood was an acceptable offering. He willingly gave us a spiritual transfusion. He gave us life. This idea of blood as cleansing is strange to us. But when we drink from the cup, we are proclaiming that we share in his death and therefore we share in his life. There's a sense that that's future for each of us. That we will have an eternal life with God. But this week, he might ask sacrifice of you. If he asks you to respond to a family who can't pay their bills, or a friend who cannot control a gambling habit, it's only a reminder that you are here to continue to offer life on his behalf to others around you. He went to the cross for us. He gave his life to give us new life. This week, if you're communing with him today, share that life with others tomorrow because we are all called to be like him. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we don't understand your ways. We don't understand why sacrifice is needed to cleanse us. But we do know that you've stated that from the oldest days of the Old Testament. And we do know that for many years there were sacrifices of animals. But once there was the sacrifice of one who could wash us clean for all time. We thank you for your son who went to the cross, though he was sinless and bore our sins. Father, we pray that as we break this bread and as we drink from this cup, we remember that it was of his love for us that he did this. And Father, we, we pray that this week, we might share that with the people around us. Bless us, Father, as we celebrate his rise to new life and the promise that we will have the same. Amen. The scripture reading is from 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin.
Good morning, everyone. Glad you are with us today. Have you ever noticed in your hymn book how many hymns deal with blood? And when you stop and think about it, it's like, yeah, that is kind of strange. And yet, maybe some of the things that will be said today will be helpful to say, no, it's not strange at all. There's this wonderful hymn. There's so many of these incredible hymns. There's power in the blood. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There is power in the blood. Would your evil a victory win? And then the chorus is, there's wonderful power in the blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Or this other hymn, nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So Jeff made a number of comments today regarding the blood. I don't think I could add any more to it, but I'll just share a few things. This will be a a brief sermon today. You remember in the Old Testament the story of Israel in captivity for 400 years, and they were just there, captive. One day, one day, God intervened and said to the Israelites, if you just put blood on the doorpost of your house, that when the death angel comes by, your children will live. It's, it's a horrible story. It's a terrible story that people had to die for others to live. And it had all to do with blood. But the reality for all of us is the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all our sin. It's the promise for all. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time today, again, very brief sermon today, by Jesus making the promise to all of us that one day there will be no more sorrow, that one day there will be no more pain, that one day your arthritis will be gone, and that one day all of us in Christ Jesus, listen, will be made new, revived, restored, redeemed. You are not a coincidence. You are in the image of God. One of the favorite scriptures in the entire Bible for me is found in the last book of the Bible, Revelation. In Revelation 12, it says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much even as to shrink from death. And so powerful is that, that when you read in Hebrews chapter 11, and they list all of these men and women who were willing to give up their lives by saying, Jesus is Lord, even though they were told, if you say Jesus is Lord, you will be killed. And they were okay with all of that because they knew that it's not the end of the life. 
that when you close your eyes for the last time and breathe your last breath, it is not the end, that God has given us redemption because of the blood. So they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to shrink from death. So let's just take a look at a couple of these scriptures that probably many of you know. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, as do we. The Hebrew writer puts it this way. Without the shedding of blood, there is... Can you finish it? You guys are all great preachers. We know that, don't we? Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Revelation 1.5. To him who loved us, meaning Jesus and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And we are the recipients. Why are we so fortunate? 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, again, one of the great scriptures in the Bible. For you know it's not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed or that you've been forgiven from the empty way of life that was handed down to us by our forefathers, but by the precious blood of Jesus, a lamb without blemish or defect. In 1 John chapter 1, in verse 7, and we all know this, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It's this can't get past how amazing this is. Ephesians 1, in him, Jesus, we have redemption, salvation, the forgiveness of sins. So I ask myself, and I share it with you today, do you remember the hymn, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's power, power in the blood. It's a beautiful passages of scripture. And when you look in your hymn books, there are so many hymns dealing with all of this. And when Jesus was having communion with his disciples, you recall this scripture in Matthew 26 and verse 28. He says to his people, his disciples, who really didn't get it, really didn't understand it, for Jesus to tell them that he was going to go and shed his blood, he was going to die for them, for the forgiveness of sins. It was beyond their comprehension when he said, this is my blood, the covenant, the promise which is poured out for many, all of us who will receive it, for the forgiveness of sins. How many times do the scripture writers have to remind us that we were created in the image of God, he knew the exact time and places in which we were lived, that he called us even before the creation of humankind. He knew the exact time and dates where we would live, where we would be born, and that he offers us forgiveness even before our birth. It's just too much to comprehend that he loves us this much. And so 
it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb, but it also says they overcame by the word of their testimony. And I know that there are many people who really don't want to share faith. They feel awkward or they feel strange about it. And people can share however they want to feel. But if someone came along and said, if you tell me that you're a Christian, I'm going to take your life. And many of the New Testament people whose names we don't know, when someone said to them, if you claim that Jesus is Lord and Savior, we're going to take your life. But many of them would have said, you can't. I've already given my life to Jesus a long time ago. Do what you want with me. Do what you want to say to me. You can't stop it. This blood that flowed was for our behalf. But God so loved the world. It is the promise for all. So they overcame by the word of their testimony. In Acts chapter 4, listen to this. The, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of people grew to about, guess how many? 5,000. We're going to need a bigger church building. The people believed. And it's not just, okay, I believe. And then we don't hear about them anymore. No, all throughout the scriptures, we find people who are sharing with one another, welcoming others. I have a message for you. When Paul teaches Timothy and Titus teaches others, and all throughout the Bible, it's the sharing of this wonderful sacrifice that we can gather and have communion. And so continuing in the book of Acts in chapter 4, it says, Peter said, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to people which we must be saved. And when they saw the courage of John and Peter and realized that they were, I like this, unschooled, ordinary people, they were astonished and they took note that these people had been with Jesus. And Jesus walks with us every day, every minute of the day. He promised us, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am always with you. So in Acts chapter 4, it says, on their release from jail, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported to all the chief priests, the magistrates, the elders, and said to them that when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Just imagine being in the room and hearing these Christians raising their voices, and here's what they said. Sovereign Lord, you have made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Fish everything. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the month of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage 
and the peoples plot in vain. The kings on the earth take their stand and the rulers gather against the Lord and against his anointed one, meaning Jesus. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, which is amazing to me. Jesus creates all of us. They didn't know that, and they're conspiring against him. They did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Great boldness. Now, I have to stop for just a moment. Back in 1978, when I was in Bible college, we drove down to a place in Texas, and uh, everything's large in Texas. And we were at this church where it was very, very large. In fact, I've never been to a church that was so large. And in this great facility, this great communion of people gathering together, person after person after person after person, it was a week-long conference, every person that got up and spoke talked about the blood of Jesus. I remember that vividly. Some of them were powerful people like Foy Anderson, some like Jim McGuigan, and some other women who are powerful in their preaching. It was an amazing experience. And I thought, they've been with Jesus. See, that's what the Bible teaches. How can we be bold in our speaking? Because we've been with Jesus. How can we share the message of the gospel? Because we've been with Jesus. He is in us. He lives in us. And just, if you can, just this week, just remember, maybe several times a day, thank you, Jesus, for being with me. Thank you for being with me. Somehow it's okay to say, God, I know that you're always with me. Holy Spirit, I know you're always with me. And they are. But thank you, Jesus. Just thank you, Jesus. And maybe you don't even have to say what you're thankful for because there's so much to be thankful for. Have you asked Jesus? Have you asked Jesus recently? How are we doing? Have you asked Jesus? How are you and I doing? Sometimes husbands and wives do that. You get so busy in life that we just have to stop every once in a while and say, we're doing okay? Everything all right? Can I help in any other way? Is there, is there something I can do that would be, be more helpful? It's asking Jesus, thinking of Jesus. What can I do to bless you because you've blessed me so much? They did not love their lives so much, even as to shrink from death. Listen to what the Hebrew writer said. Powerful people. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, and so many others were living by faith when they died. 
They did not receive the things promised. But listen, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were strangers on this earth. People who say such things show they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have opportunity to return. Instead, listen to this, they were longing for a better country. What country could be better than Canada? There is one. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For God has prepared a city for them and has prepared a city for us. And then staying in the book of Hebrews, the Hebrew writer encourages us to continually focus on Jesus, our Savior, our encourager. Just listen to these incredible words. But you have come. It's not saying you one day will. Listen to what he says. But you, in the eyes of God, you have come. You have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written have, come, have written in heaven. You have come to God. Your name is in heaven. God already has prepared for our homecoming. You have come. It's already assured in Christ Jesus. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that one day, and it's hard to comprehend, that one day heaven and earth will come together as one. All things renewed, all things restored, all things healthy, all things happy. Maybe that's why John 3.16 is the most quoted scripture in the Bible. For God so loved us. He loved the world. He's going to make it even better. God so loved the world, God so loved us, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have life eternal. This is God's promise to all of us. Yep. Yep. They overcame by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much even as to shrink from death. May God bless us. We are so fortunate that we have such an amazing Savior. Amen. As our closing prayer this morning, I'd like to read from Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart 
And with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Thanks for watching or listening. The Beamsville Church of Christ meets at 4900 John Street, Beamsville, Ontario. Scripture quotations marked NIV, taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, NIV, copyright 2011 by Biblica, Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide. You can find out more about the congregation on our Facebook page or at beamsvillechurchofchrist.ca.